I uh, refuse to do that accent. I won't do it. I won't. <laughs> I I'm too white to do that voice. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, I am not the arbiter of what is good and what is not. But my skin tone is far. I don't have enough melatonin melanin to do that voice, man. Nope. Yep. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Brock Meyer, he can do that voice. I can't. Wait, who? Hank Azaria. I think he's on a show called Brock Meyer. If he's not. You said Brock that... Meyer. I thought you said Markiplier. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, Markiplier can do that voice. Yeah. Every eight-year-old's favorite YouTuber, Markiplier, can do that voice. <laughs> Don't tell my uncle that. He'll get really offended. Oh, he loves Markiplier? He does. He can also be someone else's favorite YouTuber. It's just also every eight-year-old. Oh, it's okay. I get, I get it. If you're eight, he's your favorite. But he can if also you're older, be your favorite. He might still be your favorite. <laughs> okay. okay. But he's the favorite of all eight-year-olds. All right. That's yeah. um, that's more under. I get it. I get it. That's what I'm saying. I I judge not. I mean, like if we're gonna, if we're about to sit here and pretend that I don't watch shit for babies, if I don't <laughs> read superhero comics, you're wrong. You know, I I would sure. be. It would be disingenuous for me to make fun of people for for watching baby shit because I watch baby shit. Yeah. Babies, not Baby's Day Out. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. Baby's Day uh, Out. I hate that movie so fucking much. That baby. He keeps getting into these situations. It's the baby's ridiculous. up on the he's up on the construction site and he's dropping eye beams on on bad guys. He's killing oh. people in real life. <laughs> that baby is murdering people. What yeah. a cool baby. What a cool baby. That's what, no, you know, the, what a multimedia say. empire was launched when Seth MacFarlane played a baby that wanted to kill people. But Baby's Day Out did it first, baby. It's true. It's true. That baby was sinister. No, what, that, what, I, what I meant to say was Boss Baby. Boss Baby is a good movie. Boss Baby. That movie's what solid. if a baby wore a suit? Like, can you imagine if a baby wore a suit? That's crazy. Yeah. That, uh, that's about as deep as that thought went, I, I bet. Although In the I, planning process of Boss Baby? Yeah, and then they were like, and then the casting the casting agent was like, but like Alec Baldwin's playing him. And then the writer was like, oh fuck, now I have to be serious. <laughs> Alright, now I have to, fuck, I can't phone this one in. Well, I still can, but I have to look like I'm not phoning this one in. Uh, we're gonna put in a bunch of references to Glengarry Glen Ross for someone, some <laughs> someone's gonna appreciate this joke, right? Because it's like the Trust whole me, concept <laughs> is: what if we adapted the Glengarry Glen Ross, but about a baby? And if that doesn't work, we're fucked. Our boss baby ship is sunk. Oh, also, it's gonna be a rated G movie for kids. Mm-hmm. So take that super not for kids thing that you wanted to use and make it for kids. Good job. Good luck. Bye. Yeah, it takes brass bottles to sell real estate. I don't know what he says. You want to know something really funny? The About guy Boss who, Baby? The guy who directed Boss or Baby Days Out. Oh my god, Baby's Day Out. John Hughes? Wrote Dragonheart. <laughs> Wait, was, did John Hughes not do no, Baby's Day Out? No, he wrote it. Oh, okay, but Patrick he did not. He was not the auteur. He merely no. lent his his masterful typewriter behind the wheel of Baby's Day Out. I guarantee you, John Hughes wrote a movie where a baby keeps home alone, but not inside the house, and with a with a child, with a baby instead of a child. He's <laughs> like, what if I did Home Alone, but like more? You know what, what I mean? What if it was Home like Alone you, around town? <laughs> I, di- I didn't watch the first Home Alone for about 10 years, like between when I was a kid and when I was an adult. And you go back as an adult and you're like, 
there is very little this kid beating up robbers in this movie. There is so little, like, cars on the stairs, hot iron on the doorknob. It's really just, like, one sequence at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's like but the it's last the, act. The first two but acts is, the, like, this kid dealing with depression and his creepy neighbor. <laughs> he's dealing with loneliness. He's helping an old man reconnect to his family. And then they... And for the sequel, they're like, okay... What if he was whipping bricks at Joe Pesci? What if he was fucking <laughs> dropping bricks from the top of a building on Joe Pesci's head? <laughs> like, what if he became a murderer? What if he was home alone? Which, no, he's not. He's in New York. You can't. You don't like me. I know Kevin doesn't live in New York. <laughs> what if you it, can't fool me. What if it was Kevin Malone goes dark? Kevin, uh, it's Kevin McAllister. Why don't I say Kevin Malone? That's a basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> no, Kevin Malone. You're thinking of Carl Malone. Kevin oh Malone God, is from Kevin the American Malone? Office. He's from... Oh, my God! You got... Uh, how many degrees from Kevin Bacon was this, <laughs> Kevin, that you found? How many? Oh, shit. That's I think you can tell a lot mess. about someone by whether or not they laugh at the Kevin's chili scene. I think you can tell a lot. And not even if they laugh, how hard do they laugh? (laughs) I want to know what you can tell about the person before I tell you if I laugh at this or not. I think, now I'm not, I'm not here to say that if you laugh at Kevin dropping the big pot of chili, that you're a psychopath. I'm not saying you're on par with Hannibal Lecter. I am saying that if I had a choice, if I had a child, a little baby, a baby's day out of my own, and I had a choice of leaving them with someone who laughed at the Kevin's chili scene and someone who didn't laugh at the Kevin's chili scene, I would have a second child so I could hand them both to the person who didn't laugh. I like, I will adopt a child so they can be in the care of someone who didn't laugh at the Kevin's chili scene. Yes, yes, yes. That scene now what did you confess? <laughs> oh, I laughed at it for, I think, the first two or three times I watched through it. And okay. then from then on out, it's been this <laughs> saddest fucking thing. It's the saddest thing in the entire... <laughs> I hate it so much. It's so I hate bad. it. It's so I- sad. Is Stone, can I have a hug? No. Damn. Right. No! <laughs> Stone, gold fucking denied. Can you say hi, Kevin? Hey. Say hi. Hey. I love you. Hey. Hey. So her favorite movie right now is Into the Spider-Verse. And oh, heck Aaron yeah. And Aaron is teaching Miles how to hit on girls, and he does the, hey. She thinks that's hilarious. It's funny. Your kid's got good taste. Yeah. I love you. Give me a kiss. Mm. Good night. Mm. See you in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now show her the Kevin's chili scene and see if she laughs. <laughs> no, and no, you no, will no, and to. you will see if you are raising the child from the omen. <laughs> you will yeah. see if you Damon if you have birthed the Antichrist. His name's actually supposed to be Damon. Um, oh no! Clarify, if you laugh at that scene slightly, you're okay. You're okay. But if you think it's maniacally funny, 
if you, you are might be rolling well. with laughter, <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, again, you know, on this show, Advanced Community Studies, we try not to alienate the audience. Like, I'm sorry that every single person that has come on this show is not supporting Jeff and Annie. I'm not trying to distance anyone, you know? I'm, I don't want to make you feel bad for laughing at Kevin's chili from The Office. I don't want to make you feel bad. But I, it will take a while for me to trust you. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I love the hard butt that you let into. <laughs> but, like, you are inherently, it will take me longer to warm up to you. I'm just, it's like when you get a, when you adopt a dog that came from a rough house, right? And for a while, the dog will react to any person that, like, vaguely resembles the the person they didn't like that is me with you uh, people and the kevin's chili scene (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's okay uh this is of course fancy community studies uh the podcast where we talk about community uh i am one of your hosts tv's kevin lanigan and uh i'm pretty young we try not to sexualize me (laughs) Well, we don't do a very good job of that. We stopped doing that pretty quick, but, like, at this time, we try not to sexualize her. (laughs) Although Uh, this episode does come, what, six episodes after debate where she got her titties hanging out? You said titties like it was spelled T-A-H-T-T-I-E-S. Titties. Titties. I couldn't tell what I, I was trying to make a decision whether or not I would say titties, and I, that's just what that's just what happened. You started it, and we're like, "Fuck it, we're doing it." Titties, <laughs> grab grab a handhold, boys. We're going. Uh, <laughs> I'm your other host, uh, Caleb, and ooh, I just peed a little. Oh, I just peed a little. Uh, yeah, uh, we love it. We are, of course, the Greendale Three. Uh, while our host is on hiatus, uh, the third is, of course, you, the audience. But it's <laughs> oh, yes. also special guest uh, Jacob Kelleher, who will give us his pitch for the community movie. Uh, and yes, stay tuned for after our episode discussions, uh, where Caleb and I will both give our individual pitches for the for the community movie. Uh, not that I don't like these episodes of Community, uh, in watching them, uh, recently, I, I like them more than I remember. There's but just not a lot to them, and there's we not don't want to meet on them bones. You by getting into too many details. Right, and we also didn't want to have a 30-minute episode, so... So... We decided it's time to talk about the Community movie. Because there's absolutely uh, nothing else we could ever figure out what to talk about. <laughs> no, last week we did not talk about Porky's for ten minutes. No, there's no way we could ever just get off on some horrible tangent. Oh, no, It's not impossible. I'm not at all about to tell you about how I went on a weird dial... That just direct... I just went on a weird tangent from the guy who directed Baby's Day Out to a mm. movie he directed... Starring a guy who looked familiar, named John Francis Daly, who I clicked on and is an actor known for movies such as drunk history shows such as Drunk History or the movie Game Night or Dude Bro Party Massacre Three. <laughs> but then I see that he's known for Spider-Man: Homecoming. And I don't recognize this guy, so I click on his fucking writing credits, and he wrote Spider-Man: Homecoming. This dude. Well, you talk about. Phone. You're talking about my boy John Francis Daly from Freaks and Geeks. Uh, uh, what? That's not in his list of things. He's one of the kids. Uh, okay. He's one of the like. 
okay. four okay. main okay. kids from Freaks and Geeks. Uh, he was on like a so- hundred episodes of Bones. Because he was like Bones's psychologist that she would go see okay, when so- Bones needed to to get a little psych up. Uh, and then he, yeah, he writes a bunch of like very popular things, John Francis Daly. So hear me out, though. I didn't look at the rest of his acting credits, which probably would have helped my brain a little bit because it was. I don't melting. know what you're talking about. It was melting because to me, it looked like in 2011 he wrote one episode of Bones, <laughs> and then in 2011 he also wrote Horrible Bosses. And then in 2013, he wrote the incredible Burt Wonderstone. <laughs> okay. But somehow that turned into Spider-Man Homecoming in 2017. I was like, I could write the next Spider-Man movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wrote Horrible Bosses. Me! <laughs> Uh, yes, so a little, uh, a little, uh, 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 social media upkeep for us here, of course, at Greendale3, uh, on Twitter. I ran a poll on Star Wars Day. Who is the true Han? Is it Jeff by default, or is it Abed by choice? Overwhelmingly, you all said Abed, of course. Yes. Um, of course. Um, and I, I also, uh, uh, ran a little thread of what I think, um, the, the community characters are doing during Quar. Uh, is that something you uh, are interested in seeing? <laughs> yes. Okay, while I'm looking for that thread, because I did not prepare, uh, tell me, because I also staged this question, what community character would you most like to be quarantined with? You have to be quarantined with one. Who are they? This question is unfair, because the obvious answer for most people that are artistically inclined would would say Don, would Don, Tr- Troy. But it would be Try. to be hanging out with Donald Glover, which is not how this works. I do believe no. they have to be in character. And, yeah, in character. Mm, I'm just going to go with my gut, because before you even finished the question, I was like, oh, Annie. <laughs> Annie, I think, was the... Yeah, I think that's the easy answer. You know, she's she's clean. Uh, she's you know, sane. She, yeah, she she's relatively have, sane, you know, just comparatively. Sure all of her pens come back and you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Just make sure you don't lose anything of hers, uh, and you're okay. Um, I ended up saying Frankie, because I just feel like she would have been well-prepared for this entire situation. Oh, shit, I'm forgetting, you know, Frankie, for sure. Frankie's up there, and there was also a healthy showing for Abed, and I think that's really solid, because I don't think this would bother him much at all. I think he'd... (laughs) He would kind of be chilled out, he would watch his shows, he would eat his noodles, and yeah. I think he would be okay. And I'm pretty sure you could start a pretty dynamite podcast with Abed in court. That's what I'm saying, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, let's see. Jeff uh, Winger teaches classes over Zoom, teaches in quotes, uh, students read chapters aloud while Jeff drinks, camera off with his <laughs> mic and earbuds muted, uh, and he uh, oftentimes will just point his laptop computer at a Law & Order marathon, uh, and that is what his students will be watching for the lecture. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, uh, Dean Pelton has declared Greendale Quarantine. Uh, the... <laughs> The only essential workers are himself and Jeffrey. He comes in every day wearing nothing but a down-there surgical mask, and he's slathered in Purell, and he's waiting for Jeff to actually show up to campus. (laughs) As we said, Abed is fine. Uh, Troy and uh, LeVar Burton have not been at port in months, and he has not heard of COVID-19, and he will not take it well when he hears about it. (laughs) I gotta gotta write my pen pal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Why it's so quiet? Uh, 
Ben, the racist prover Chang, is showing up at public gatherings as a Chinese man in a face mask. Uh, when he gets dirty looks, he takes his mask off and coughs directly <laughs> into his face. Uh, Britta has been uh, selling cocktails out of her apartment. Uh, it is not expressly legal, and the cops have been called on her multiple times, so she is staging a sit-in protest in her own apartment. Uh <laughs> Uh, Annie, uh, has, uh, I think that she has torn her apartment apart, uh, and, and, uh, desperately in search of, uh, cleanliness and perfection. Um, Pierce is dead. Hickey is dead. <laughs> Just blunt with those two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elroy has quarantined in his RV. Uh, early on, he watches Ready Player One and brushes off the old VR headset, and he's turning the Oasis by adding a bunch of, like, his little goo dressed as minions and shit. Yeah, he's quarantined. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was awful. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. okay. Uh, and Frankie Dart uh, has been preparing for this for years. She's not a prepper. She just has plans for everything. Uh, and uh, she is writing it out very confidently. So that is what I thought. Uh, some people liked it. It was one of our more popular uh, uh, tweets. And, of course, several people added Joel McHale and the Russo brothers. They have yet to respond. <laughs> they, someday. Someday. <laughs> someday. <laughs> someday. Someday Papa Joel will, will respond to me. Someday Senpai will notice me. I, I bet you when I write my re- or do my review podcast for Extraction, the Russo brothers will have no other option but to finally engage with us. And... <laughs> because we're the only ones on that Extraction beat. We're, <laughs> we're, we're really keeping the Extraction conversation alive. We're the only one doing both, <laughs> Extraction and this. That's right. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I think it's strange that the Russo brothers... I mean, I know Endgame was only like a year ago, but it's weird that they've taken their the largest blank check in movie history and are spending it only on taking, making like B level action movies starring one of the Avengers. It's just like this really <laughs> weird because they had 21 bridges with yep. Chadwick Boseman yep. and now they have extraction and I can't wait for like some <laughs> B level taken ripoff with Robert Downey Jr. I feel like, I feel like I can forgive them for, this one, because they directed Twenty One Bridges, didn't they? I don't think so. Oh no, who directed Twenty One Bridges? Well, now it's time. Twenty One Bridges. Time to search Bridges. Jet Twenty One Jeff Bridges, directed by Brian Kirk. Um, but Boy, you that's would unremarkable. Yeah, you would not be uh, a miss for not knowing who directed it because the only name slapped on this thing were the Russo brothers. They did not. Uh, so he's like a TV guy. He is. Yes. For a second, I thought uh, he'd done nothing because he doesn't have a picture. Even <laughs> I was like, he has a picture on uh, Wikipedia, but maybe he doesn't have. Maybe he hasn't shilled out for IMDb Pro yet, and he can't yeah, put up a picture. He doesn't have the headshots yet. He's trying um, to budget it in. See, now I forgive them more for extraction because while this guy does seem like a, but where? But why? How did you? But why? The director of extraction is the guy that has been coordinating stunts for the Avengers movies for the last 10 years. Oh, so, okay, okay. Like, okay. that was, a, that was the, just the John Wick, uh, that's the John yeah, Wick. Yeah, I was about to say, John Wick situation. Yeah, yeah. And Extraction is uh, very good. It is very much an action movie. Um, also, it's painfully clear that all movies that are filmed in third world countries are put in really, really yellow lenses. Really yellow lenses. India's so fucking yellow, dude. (laughs) Yeah, that was a thing 
Um, especially in, like, early 2000s cinema, where we decided that movies are one color. So, like, computers are green. And if your movie has anything to do with computers, your movie is green. If you are in any remotely arid foreign country, your movie is yellow. Like, you have post-production corrected it to yellow. Uh, If your movie has anything to do with dreams, you are blue. Uh, And if you want to be a serious art movie, you're red. And those were the colors that we had going for years and years. And I feel like we're kind of shaking it off, finally. Uh, sure. But Extraction is <laughs> but Extraction. a very 2000s uh, action movie, but they made it now. It's true. <laughs> it slips right back into that old mode of like, oh, we're in India. It must be... <laughs> it sounds shitty. And it, it, it kind of is. It, it must be curry-colored in the sky. I um, mean, I'm afraid that is what they did, though. <laughs> it is. I um, Like, you said it, but also they did it. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. It's very and, true. and if you're watching an, an icy movie... It's always blue, by the way. Always it's blue. Always, it's cold, always, always blue. Cold or Dreams is blue. Uh, but let's... And we were worried we wouldn't be able to fucking fill time. Uh, let's let's transition <laughs> into our... Get there? It's 20 minutes. Uh, let's transition into our first episode uh, of the episode. Uh, season 1, episode 13, Investigative Journalism, directed by Joe Russo, written by John Pollock and Tim Hobart. Uh, this, uh, you might think it's called Investigative Journalism. It's actually called the Jack Black episode, <laughs> starring Jack Black. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Jack Black is lousy all over this episode, um, and I think how funny you find this episode is directly related to how funny you think Jack Black is. See, I think that, hmm, interesting, I'm going to disagree with you, because I think that Jack Black is specifically doing, oh, fuck, maybe I just I had a moment of Ouroboros here. <laughs> I th- you think he's doing, like, a Josh Gad thing? I but is Josh doing- Gad... But Josh Gad is doing a Jack Black thing, so it just becomes, it <laughs> yeah. just, it it's eats its own it's ass. Or, yeah, I think that it eats its own ass. Yeah, so it's not a tail. Disturbing. Not in this situation. It's an ass. And it's this it big circle ass, and it goes round and round. His his girth to flexibility ratio is just so... Um, I feel like Jack Black is acting annoying in this, mo- in this episode. He is purpose. definitely Jack Black dialed up as far as the dial will take okay, we have we're okay. at nacho libre jack black here and you know if school of rock jack black is jack at like a six or a seven we are at a full 10 jack black yeah yeah okay so you made me feel bad for a second saying that if you if that you how much you like this episode this is how much you like jack black i don't think you're supposed to like jack black in this episode i think he's kind of an asshole <laughs> yeah i okay I, you just really have to find Jack Black charming enough. And the good thing about an episode of Community is that if you don't like it, it's over in 20 minutes. It's, you know, we are not stuck in this for 40 minutes. I think, uh, I've, come, or, I think I've come full circle, actually. Because if you love Jack Black in this episode because he's so funny, you like him too much. <laughs> <laughs> you like Jack Black too much. Because so, he's not funny in this episode at fucking all, and that's the point. He's such a pain in the ass. Spanish study in this bitter when you're buddy. Oh, 
Watch uh, this is watch. where we get the uh, immortal, uh, uh, you know, uh, Annie's little young. We try not to sexualize her, which again, yep. the show uh, will continue, I think, pretty much through the end of this season and then abandon whole hog. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Throw yeah. that notion right in the garbage, right with Annie's crush on Troy. It just all, it goes in the trash, and yeah. they stomped on the trash, and then they threw it out. And Annie and Troy would be would be great. It would be cute. Because there's several they never did throughout it. the rest of the show where they kind of reference it, and they kind of show it, but it never really happens, and it's sad. Um, They're good buds. I also think you could work out a pretty solid series of evidence that for at least season three... Annie, Troy, and Abed are in a thruple, and I think you could make a pretty solid case yeah. if you if we if you pick through season three of Community. I sure. think the evidence is there. Yeah, absolutely. I want to point out while we do rate and rank our our um, last segment of the shows, right? The, the the closing segments. The I, there are uh, absolutely opening there are cold opens that fucking get me, and this episode's cold open is very good because it's the group hugging and hanging out after coming back from a semester break <laughs> and Jack Black's just kind of hugging in the group and he when they shows realize... up in the hug that's like his first shot oh <laughs> he it's so sneaks good in, and then when and then when he's when people recognize he's there he starts to immediately backpedal and defend his being there uh and <laughs> he and Britta start at the same time <laughs> and he goes I'll go first. And then talks, which is the fucking worst. It's and then, funny. And then to throw off your natural theme song plays. And then he comes back and he goes, timing. Rhythm. It's, rhythm. Uh, yeah. it's so it's, good. It's very fun. I uh, liked this episode more than I remembered liking it in the past. It's it's nowhere near my favorite. Uh, <laughs> but it, here, the, the, the issue with this episode is that at its core... It is a parody of the annoying guest star or the parody of like, we need to spice up this show. So we're adding a new cast member who's kind of famous. Sure, yeah. The problem is when you parody an annoying guy, it is still annoying. (laughs) Even though you made (laughs) Claptrap annoying on purpose, Borderlands franchise, he is still annoying. And that is a problem that you have yeah. to address. It'd be different if you made someone annoying on purpose and then had someone immediately shut them up because they were annoying. Because then you're like, ah, see, he's annoying to everybody. But instead, they're like, what if we created this annoying character to represent an annoying character? And, oh no, everyone thinks he's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I'm a simple man. I like simple things. Joel McHale dragging Jack Black off of a table is funny to me. I can't explain it. It's great. Uh, It is not the last time these two actors would share a screen uh, because, of course, we all remember the bird-watching comedy The Big Year. I mean, we we all remember The Big Year starring Owen Wilson, Jack Black, and Steve Martin about bird watching. We, I mean, I don't have to tell you that that movie came out because... I mean, you already know. Bro, I'm so fucking confused right now. I did not know that was... The guy who directed that directed The Devil Wears Prada. Get the fuck out of here. David Franco, you got fucking music by Teddy Shapiro? Like, you... There's talent in this movie. What the shit? I know, dude. The way you described the movie, I was like, oh, this must be directed by someone who's never seen work since then. No. No, sir. No, not at all. David Frankel. Oh, 
I accidentally clicked on a COVID nineteen link. <laughs> wow, wow, what's gonna happen? Uh, this is the same year. I think Joel McHale's in the informant. The same year uh, he is in the big year. I think. I think. Um, Wait, Joel McHale is in the big year. Uh, yeah, somewhere he's like it's not a, it's not a big part. Uh, but I I believe he is in there somewhere. Why does Barry um, Loomis sound so familiar? Barry Go on, Loomis. Go uh, on. That's okay. Now, so. Jack Black and Dan Harmon are buds. They they know each other. Do you uh, know their first TV collaboration, Heat Vision and Jack? Yes. I feel like I do. So Heat Vision and Jack, it's uh, one episode. It's just a pilot. It was never greenlit. It was shot for Fox. And it star... It, the pilot was directed by Ben Stiller. And it stars Jack Black who rides a talking motorcycle voiced by Owen Wilson. And Jack Black plays a man who, when he is exposed to sunlight, gains the power to know everything. I'm not paraphrasing. When the sunshine shines on him, he extends his arms and screams, I know everything. (laughs) For some reason, this show was not picked up to series. But Heat Vision and Jack lives on, and the last time I checked, you could watch the whole episode on YouTube. Oh man! Oh man! Yeah, it's a it's a real show. <laughs> well, real show is a, a strong word. It's a real episode. <laughs> it's a real pilot. Did, it's a real pilot that did indeed come out. You know, they have uh, Ben Stiller come out and uh, introduce the pilot, uh, and uh, it is a show that did almost exist oh lord yeah and uh what was this like 1999 99 dude yeah 99 so this is i mean this is before the world really knows who jack black is this is pre school of rock we're talking about here you know to the world jack black is the funny fat guy from high fidelity with john cusack like he is not uh, a, a big marquee name, Owen Wilson, had kind of been... He was like a Wes Anderson guy. Like, he had not been inducted into this, like, the the quote-unquote frat pack with Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn and, and Ben Stiller, uh, the, the kings of 2000s comedy. Uh, it was a crazy show. Yeah, crazy bananas. show. I'm sorry. I Yo, just... Jack Black is in Waterworld. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Let man. that sink in for a second, y'all. <laughs> Jack Black was in Waterworld. I mean, for uh, a time, Jack Black was not Jack Black. Yeah. For a while, had, Jack he, Black I mean, was, he he was an actor who wanted to eat. You know, he had a very brief, like, HBO show called Tenacious D. Who's ever heard of that? You know, Jack Black. Yeah, and that was, I mean, Tenacious D, we're still a few years from that, like, taken off into that being, like, a big... Uh, a staple of both the comedy music scene and the legitimate like rock and metal scene. Yeah, how the <laughs> that fuck they are that inducted happen? into. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Like watching Jack Black become Jack Black, and when in it happened. Time? Yeah, fuck, dude, it's weird. So in this episode, Jack Black is the. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This the is the only time I will ever version. be able to talk about Heat Vision and Jack. It was the one time no, I could ever okay, okay. put this out into the world. It will never come up organically in conversation again in your life. So nope. take advantage of those times where you get to uh, yes, break sir. that up. 
Um, <clears throat> the other thing that's happening in this episode, aside from Jack Black being a thorn in everyone's side, uh, mm. is Jeff has been given the editor-in-chief job of the school newspaper. Something uh, we will never hear about again. <laughs> something that literally never happens again. A uh, job that he has at the end of the episode. He has not lost his job. Right, yeah, he never does it, it doesn't really go away. They just don't Apparently Annie yet. and Abed also work there. It will never come up again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I I like that part of the episode a lot. Yeah. I would watch a show. I, I'm just now, I think, realizing I would watch a show about a community college newspaper. <laughs> I think so. And you get, like, people that are too big for their britches. You have them solve funny uh, news stories. You know, it kind of writes itself. It mostly takes place in your little, like, news editorial bullpen. Uh, yeah. Would watch. It's like the office, but with students. So every four years, you can refresh the actors. <laughs> right. And it's people getting very involved about things that are not particularly important. Yeah. If someone uh, wants to leave, they can. It's a school. <laughs> they can go up and you bring in new people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, I mean, I'm not going to say like, oh, we needed a season about the school newspaper, but it's kind of this fertile ground that is left completely fertile and untapped. Completely untapped. Yeah. Like all the mash references. I don't know if kids know what mash is anymore. (laughs) Wait, it's also funny because this, this whole episode is kind of an extended mash reference in the background. And it's just what three episodes since Mash has been brought up on the show? Probably. Oh, Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. There's the conversation that Abed and Troy, or Abed, Jeff, and um, John Oliver have. Oh, right. Where uh, he cheers, says, cheers Mash, Mash, faulty towers. <laughs> that just happened. That just or happened. Booyah, or whatever he says. <laughs> I don't know, man. I this episode is. Uh, I like Jack Black, but every every scene with him in it is just I want to gouge my own eyes out with a dull spoon. It's a uh, oh man, so that's gonna take a while. Uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty rough. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, you know. Jack Black and Owen Wilson, I guess, both show up for this one episode, and uh, it's cool. Uh, by this time in his career, Jack Black should have an Academy Award for his performance in School of Rock. Should oh, dude! Happened. Specifically provoked because of last episode, I watched that one cut, that one take of him singing that song in the ancient time. It's so good. It's, it's so uh, good. an incredible performance. He is mesmerizing. You're fixated on him the entire time. It's, it's so all good. done in one take with no cuts. As the camera like goes forward and goes back, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. In- incredible. Incroyable. And he lost to fucking Sean Penn in Mystic River. You know? At least, you know, because it was it was 2003, uh, the 04 Oscars, which was Return of the King. It was their year. They won, like, 12 Oscars. Uh, they were not yeah. nominated for a single acting Oscar. Not one. No, it was all production. <laughs> it was all production. Apparently, great script, great direction, great music, great design, shit acting. That is according to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunate uh, that Sean Penn won uh, because it should have been Jack Black. I'm sorry. <laughs> it should have been Jack Black. Yes, easily. Must, must, it almost must have been, but, but perhaps, it's perhaps it's just the Mandela effect. <laughs> uh, Maybe exactly. he did win and we're all wrong. And uh, so let us, let 
us segue on. Let us, yes, let us move on. I feel like we've tapped everything from investigative journalism. Uh, kind of yes. funny. Yes. Um, next is episode 14, Interpretive Dance. Uh, the second episode directed by Justin Lin. The old Fast and Furious is back. Uh, this one was written by Lauren Pomerantz. Uh, this episode uh, asks, begs the question, what if a man were to dance? <laughs> it's pretty wild, right? <laughs> like... Uh, Pushing some boundaries here. Yeah, they're really. What does he say? What is? What is? How does Pierce describe it? It's uh, it's socially uh, is unacceptable, but but it's theatrical dynamite. It's theatrical dynamite. <laughs> I really like Chevy in that last scene. He's very funny. He's, he's very funny. when he's when he's <laughs> razzling the crowd. It's very. I ended up uh, thinking this is a very funny episode. I remembered it not being particularly good. <laughs> Uh, but it's very Slater's back, baby. Slater's, Slater's back, back and she and Jeff have been having secret sex. <laughs> I just remember people shushing Pierce and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> How so long good. have you been doing it? Uh oh, uh a few weeks. Okay, great. How long have you been doing it? <laughs> Would you ever consider adding a third? That's There's no way that's there. on there. Uh, well, it's on there. Just reading from the paper. <laughs> wow, wow, that's, the that's way actually... Jim Rash I know we all know that Jim Rash is a fucking a genius but yeah, the way a... he like gestures at that paper yeah, he's, he's like, like just reading from the <laughs> it's so funny in the scene in Slater's office uh, where the dean interrupts them the way that shot is framed Jim Rash looks like he's about three feet tall <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's shot in this it's over the back of Jeff and Slater, and they are both very tall people. Yeah. It's a down angle on Jim Rash, who is not a tall man. He looks like he's kneeling before them the whole scene. Thank you. Uh, so we were, uh, you know, we went we went <laughs> seven episodes without a technical difficulty. We were due for our first one. <laughs> and to think, before we started recording, I was like, maybe I should record the audio from this, just just in case. Just in case! And uh, then, I was fucking, no, oh, okay, all right, well. <laughs> that's okay. It, hey, it happens. Uh, it could have been way worse. Uh, so we, we lost our... two minutes and we could have been starting over. <laughs> we, we lost our episode ranking. And uh, nothing else of qualitative value. We yeah. talked about Heat Vision and Jack. We didn't lose that. Uh, but audience, uh, you you did miss <laughs> out on about five minutes of us discussing the 2003 vampire movie Van Helsing. Uh, so that's, you know, live in infamy with that. Uh, you will never know <laughs> what we had to say about Van Helsing. We, we don't know how we got there. So <laughs> Could not tell you. Uh, so, but just for... For anyone keeping playing along at home with our rankings, home economics remains our dividing line on community where we ask ourselves, is this is anything in this episode better than Vaughn's two songs? Uh, and we put interpretive dance and investigative journalism right under that line in that order. And I'll post this on Twitter as well. Uh, and then uh, for the end tags, the Trader audition, uh, where they just reference other episodes of Community, went at the bottom of our ranking list, and Crossword went right above that. Uh, because unfortunately for these two end tags, they're not that funny. No. 
And to quote the writer of the episode, they can't all be winners. And they oh, we talked at length about uh, how hard it is to make TV, but they've they've heard that spiel before. Yeah, I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks that making a TV show is easy. And if you think you can do it better than the people that do it professionally, maybe you can, but you probably can't. And I just want to remind everyone of that. <laughs> if you think that you can, do us all a favor and keep that to yourself. Thank you, bye. <laughs> <laughs> keep that right in your pocket and carry it around, witches. Uh, so yeah. as we promised, we were about to discuss... I was worried about this episode actually being too long. And so we're losing 15 minutes automatically is great. <laughs> now we can uh, extend, yes. Now we can extend, yes. Uh, so your feet. We are each going to share our pitches for the community movie would you like to go first or shall I? Um, I'll go first because I have a feeling mine is going to be less fleshed out than yours. So it'll be pretty okay. quick to get through. Um, for the longest time, I have always wondered why Community didn't make a movie based on the thing they set up that would be a perfect movie. So uh, to, to get into the details of what I mean, there is an episode in season five, I believe. Maybe okay. season four, where uh, the 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 dean of City College, City College, Dean Spreck. Uh, it's after oh I, I remember I remember it's after Chang it, decides he's not going to do anything bad because he realizes the people at Greendale are good people and he doesn't want to team up with them and do something bad and he like throws his phone away and then you see Dean Spreck in his office looking at a blueprint for a giant robot spider. <laughs> That is, it's been a while since I've watched either of these. That is either the finale of season three or season four. I think it's the finale of four. Okay. I, I, we're, we'll find out in a few short months, but it is one of those two episodes. Yeah. Um, so my pitch, and I think it's been confirmed in some way or another, or I guess that's just the consensus. I don't know. I haven't, I didn't check, but, Mm -hmm. uh, the, it seems the consensus is that, (laughs) LeVar Burton and Troy have been kidnapped by pirates? It is at some point in season five or six, there's like a news blotter and we see that on there. Like LeVar Burton and uh, crewmate captured by pirates. And canonically, I think that is the last we have heard from Troy. I can't remember the exact context. Sure. So in true Russo brother fashion, I believe... The community movie should feel like an Avengers movie mm-hmm. and should be uh, Dean Spreck showing up with some device that's going to destroy Greendale. He's no longer going to try and foil them or make them destroy themselves. He's going to do it himself. And the Dean, in an act of desperation in the first act, sends them to go find Troy. And they have to go and recruit Troy and bring him back because he's the only one, because he and Abed's teamed imaginative consciousnesses are the only things that can help them defeat Dean Spreck. Sure. Sure. (laughs) So the infinity stones are in their mind and they must be united. Yes. And it's, I want it. I want, if we get a community movie, I, I don't, it has to be, it has to feel like the culmination of all the paintball episodes and all the theme episodes just interweaved together, interwoven, woven, leaved. Together. Uh-huh. I yes. guess. It, yeah, it it should feel like 
the inevitable point that all of this has been building up to. And if it's the community movie, you might as well make it referential as all hell. So there's like a room where the floor is lava. There should be paintball at some point. Is that kind of like what you're, what you're getting yeah. at? They need to, to pilot to a, feel, yeah. the Kentucky fried chicken bus again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they fly the Kentucky fried chicken bus into the spider robot. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't think, a, I don't think a 20 story robot is, community feasible that seems a little bit out of the way (laughs) but um but there's i think there's a lot of potential in some things that we didn't really get to see and that's like i want to see more of potashnik's vr Uh uh-huh and i want to see more of um troy and abed's imagination or dreamatorium yes yeah, the Imaginarium uh, belongs to Dr. Parnassus. Dr. Parnassus, yes, who's both Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And uh, no, Farrell. it's Heath Ledger, Colin Farrell, Johnny Depp, and Jude Law. Jake Gyllenhaal's not in that movie? Nah, dog. Damn. Sorry. It's okay. I was thinking I broke back mountain, I think. Anyway, yeah, the Imaginarium uh, <laughs> belongs to Dr. Parnassus. The Dreamatorium is Troy and Abed's. The... Uh, the Wonder Emporium belongs to Mr. Magorium. Uh, uh, okay, I'm out. Are there any other ridiculously named? Yeah. I'm tapped uh, out. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. I'll pick it up from here. Um, no, I don't know. I feel like the community movie has to be an escalation of sorts. And for it to be an escalation, I think you have to have something pretty drastic happen, which as I'm saying, sounds like most episodes of Community that are those specific episodes that are either bookends or referential episodes, like the Law & Order episode that's just ridiculous through and through, but also great, or Pillows and Blankets, which is only an episode later, or two episodes later. Oh my god, yeah, wow, what a run. Yeah, Um, the only other thing that I thought is that somebody like the the doppel the doppel troy and abed the what do they what do we call them the couple the couple gangers <laughs> yeah uh as if the couple gangers uh were at city college and tried to do something that troy and abed do at greendale and like a pillows and blankets to the nth degree it's the Greendale blanket fort versus the City College pillow fort, and it's just uh, like a by a band of brothers style, <laughs> an entire season dedicated to it. All right, that's the, okay. the that last one though is my joke my joke reference. I don't I see, actually I think that that's worth anything, not even its weight. Um, <laughs> not its but weight. I, pillows, I always my felt friend. I always felt strange that we see Dean Spreck with a giant plan to do something, and we never see, it. and it's the last time we see him on the show. City yeah. College has to be the villain of the next of the movie. Has to. Okay. Be. Okay. Yeah. And uh, now blow I... me away with your pitch. You've thought about far more than I have. All right. Now uh, let's not set up. Let's not use words like blow away. Let's okay. not. Let's not use words like good. Uh, but let's let's. Uh, I'm gonna pull out my yellow legal pad and let's see what we got here. Uh, so the the title is community hashtag and a movie i feel like that has to be the title of the community movie and yes i have thought about what it should be called (laughs) all right it's either that or it has to be called like greendale um but anyway so 
We open on, there's a mysterious figure moving through the halls of Greendale. They're flanked by, like, cool mass bodyguards, and they're carrying these huge uh, paintball guns. Uh, the, the dean is giving a speech out on the quad, a la his position at the beginning of the pilot, uh, but he is taken by a couple of these armed guards and pulled into his office, uh, where we meet... Mr. McIntyre, played by Michael Emerson from Lost and Person of Interest, someone who I think would be a great community guest star who yes, never got to. Yes, he um, would. And uh, it, it turns out uh, that he is Mr. McIntyre of McIntyre and Sons Plumbing and Construction. And the dean looks around at all these people and he's like, are these your sons? And he says, I get around. In that Michael Emerson way that he <laughs> says that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and, now, does uh, he have a does he have a person of interest limp or is he a normal walking? Uh, we can do the limp if that's if that's up to you. Listen, one day this podcast will become a show called Advanced Michael Emerson, where we watch Lost in Person <laughs> of Interest. But until that yeah, time, sure, 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 until that time. Uh, and it, he uh, is the is the leader of this plumbing company, and it turns out that over the years, every time Greendale has done one of these insane stunts, the paintball war, the the roof collapsing with the frisbees, uh, when they destroy the school at a moment's notice in meow meow beans or or geothermal escapism, they have paid this plumbing and construction company to fix up the school, and the the company has made so much money off of these stunts that they have bought Greendale from out under the dean. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, Michael Emerson has, like, a mysterious special masked figure, like a Darth Maul-looking motherfucker behind him, and this guy has been recording the conversation and sends it off to Abed. Abed receives this message, and it's time to reassemble the study group like it's the beginning of an Oceans movie, and Abed goes around to everyone's individual life, and he brings them back in, so Jeff is at, like, Greendale's first satellite law campus. I get it, I get it, so it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's Abed recruiting the group for Glee, but exactly with stakes. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he, you know, uh, Britta has a successful bar, uh, but Subway arrives, but he's now called McIntyre and Sons Plumbing and Construction, and uh, Abed <laughs> and Britta have to like quickly defeat him you know uh, Annie is doing like a Silence of the Lambs thing at the FBI with Rich Doc Potterywood who has been insane the entire time um Shirley, <laughs> yeah Shirley leaves the butcher Elroy's in a trailer park uh, wait is Frankie, Rich the ass crack bandit? he could be in this universe he was the ass crack bandit the entire time and and you never knew um, uh, Frankie is taking her first vacation in 10 years and Abed pulls her out of it. Chang is now a nice gay dad with gay sons and, and Abed pulls him back into his old life. Um, so the team is assembled. They, well, how they do they confront... get Troy? How do they get Troy? Uh, hold on. Uh, oh, the okay, team is assembled. The challenge is issued. It's a paintball game. Uh, and Dean's like, you want to destroy the school you just bought? And he's like, who do you think gets paid to fix it? Uh, so it's a huge... I, I feel like the community movie has to be paintball in some way. The The fighting goes on for some time. All of our community favorites are on Greendale's side. But on the other side, on the construction side, are all these people that have been spurned by Greendale and its people. So you have Vaughn, you have Slater, you have all of these like old faces that, <laughs> have, that want revenge. Yeah, Garrett has been pissed on one too many times. Uh, and it's And it's time... But this mysterious mass dark mall guy keeps causing trouble in the middle of all of this. Uh, and eventually it's revealed he unmasks himself for Abed and it's Troy. And it's Troy 
and we're doing a commentary on Donald Glover now, where he's a, an, a fabulously award-winning and successful plumber. He feels like he's too good to come back to Greendale. He's too good and is too busy doing other things to like lend this his attention. Uh, sure. And it becomes this titanic uh, struggle between Troy and Abed as Abed fights for the soul of his friend and to get him back into Greendale, or to ultimately realize that yeah, it's time for Troy to spread his wings. It's time for everyone to spread their wings and go back to to their new lives now that they've finally wrapped up this chapter. Uh, so, you know, uh, that's that's my pitch for the community movie. Interesting. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. I, one, I like it a lot. No, thanks. And, and I think we have some shared ideas in that, like, the paintball episodes are too monumental in this show to not have a huge part in the movie. Three people are pitching their community movies on this episode, and all three of us said, yeah, it kind of has to be paintball. Like, completely separately from each other said, okay, it kind of has to be paintball. Uh, And there are other ideas, uh, you know, uh, Jacob, I guess spoilers for later in this episode, he is also involves, like, everyone being recruited one by one, and then you and I have certain elements that are in common. Uh, there, There are these, like, ideas. In the same way that completely separately from each other george lucas jj abrams and ryan johnson all came up with yeah luke needs to be a weird hermit on an island somewhere like that is they all came up with that idea completely separately for each other so it's probably the right one right right absolutely absolutely Hmm. uh so that's my that's my pitch anyway uh uh listeners what did you think did you enjoy it yeah, our third host. Please tell us now. You're listening. Yes, um, I'm. I'm curious. What brings Troy back in? Is it like a moment where he like like he works a, for a, like what brings him back into the study group? What makes him turn coat? Yeah, because he works for he works for this this McIntyre and Sons Plumbing yeah, Company. He he works but, for Michael Emerson, and yes. he specifically requested to be put on the Greendale job. Uh, and, and Michael Emerson didn't understand why. Uh, and I don't, I don't have that mapped out. I don't know what it is that turns it over. Uh, maybe Abed does the best friend high five with someone else. Maybe, uh, I'm trying to, I think, I think I have an idea for this. I think it has to be a winter soldier situation. Where it's uh-huh. revealed to be Troy, but he's still fighting for, like, the side he has ascribed to for uh-huh. so long. And that he and Abed have to fight their way through campus into a trap that the study group has made with Abed. That, like, once he's in the room, they, like, drop all the curtains and, like, set dressing. They fall to the ground and it's a giant dreamatorium. Whoa. And Abed then fights in Troy's brain to free... Troy and I've been in the morning, Troy, from McIntyre and Sons Plumbing Company, Troy. Whoa. I like it. Yeah. So they get into this scuffle with paintball that leads them into this room, and then they fight inside each other's heads until Abed can win his old friend back. Yeah, he they lure Troy into the situation, and Troy thinks he's in like the lunchroom or something, and then it's revealed it's been the Dreamatorium, and they they must have a battle of the minds on the ultimate mental plane, and so yeah. we we keep cutting back to that while like you know the rest of the group is having a crazy fun paintball adventure, and then we come back to this like uh, Doctor Strange is meditating 
Yeah, yeah. I don't even think you go you you flash between the rest of the group having a good time. I think this is the dire moment of the movie, the turn of the second act, right? Where yeah. it looks like it's lost. And, All hope is and lost. Then, for and our then heroes. there's a there's the there's the perilous, not perilous, the uh, the tension building fade to black or cut to black of what's happening in the dreamatorium, and then just as things feel like they're completely lost, Troy and Abed come out together and turn the tide, and then the movie carries on from there into a resolution. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the community movie should end with, you know, pretty much everyone has moved on from Greendale. Kind of the way the show ends, but it's like the yeah. the study group is dissolved or the Save Greendale committee is dissolved. It it Its purpose has been fulfilled. And everyone, and in a meta-commentary, these actors, now that this loose end has finally been fully tied, can move on to other things. Yeah, 100%. This needs to be the definitive end for Community. Yes, there cannot be no no comics. Don't come back for another season five years from now. Like, let it be done and, and over with. And if there's anything that the Russo brothers have proven that they can do, it's taking years and years of fan favorite material and bringing it into a nice, with maybe a few plot holes tied bow. Yeah. Uh, that makes the majority of people wildly happy. Yeah, it's Endgame is a perfect ending, not in that it actually like ties everything together, but that it feels like it ties everything together yeah and there are of course like you know there are threads that will continue on in other movies none of this was super planned like they were kind of making it up as they go from like a very rough plan but they make it feel like it was all supposed to be this one thing and that is almost more important yeah, absolutely. The kid that Abed helped deliver has grown up and shows up at the end at the funeral. I'm just kidding. Sorry. He's a... 10 years old now. and, and <laughs> But it's confusing because you're like, wait, who is that? And you have to like, you have you're to like, Google oh, is that, that the, is that Harley from Iron Man 3? Is that who that, who's this kid? Holy shit. Yeah. Is he going to be the next Iron? Is he the next Abed? <laughs> yeah we cut in on a new study and like we cut back to that old table at the end of the movie and it's like uh, garrett and vicky and starburns and todd uh and and they and are going todd. to continue on the legacy yeah, everyone's yeah. favorite character todd we all love todd you know what the best way the best way to end it would be this is not the best way i'm saying this and immediately backtracking uh-huh. <laughs> but it'd be funny if it ended with someone with essentially jeff like going home or maybe abed going home happy that it's complete and going to bed and then waking up and it being him and jeff drunk as fuck waking up in their room in his dorm room and it's just a dream abed had while he was hammered oh my god what if it ends um we reenact the very beginning of the pilot where like we're cutting to the different study group members in the crowd during the Dean's speech. And then we have Jeff and Abed walking and we like do that same reflection, but it's now. And they're like saying goodbye. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so we, we recreate that exact that, shot right? with Shirley <laughs> when he says like middle-aged divorcees, but it's like Shirley now at the completion of her arc. Yeah. 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 
I love That's it. what I think it should be. I love it. All right, and 100%. we've done that. And now does, we move does on. Does the movie end with a Lord Huron song as well? Why not? I say. <laughs> <laughs> it ends with like a Matt and Kim song. You're like, ah, what? Ah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly, Done. exactly. Uh, perfect. So uh, we've come to that section of the show. Uh, plugs. Uh, Caleb, Where? what are you up to? Where can the people find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, real quick before I say that, it has to end with a Jeff Winger speech to a Matt and Kim song. Okay, we can move yeah, on. Yeah, it does. Um, it does. It does. It does. Um, but um, what am I doing right now? Um, I've got another podcast that I have been doing, but has been rebranded as the Nerdy Bits show. Um, now, no longer the 60-minute shit show. Um, that is going to have its first, its incipient episode um, this Thursday. I do believe we are talking about the reach and impact of Dan Harmon, um, which oh, okay. is going to be very relative, relatively related to this. Um, we are, I do my game podcast every Wednesdays that you can watch on Twitch at nerdybits.com or Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash nerdybits.tv. Sorry, words. Uh, the website's nerdybits.com. You can go there for anything. I am going to be putting up a video review of XCOM Chimera Squad in the next couple days. Nice. Uh, finish that game today and I'll be streaming or not streaming because I can't do that. My PC's too weak. I'll be playing Gears Tactics after that and putting together a review for that. Uh, I think that's about it. Um, not much other things going on. My uncle is doing a Kickstarter for his second chapter of his graphic novel called The Butcher Queen. Definitely check that out. Uh, and if you're from St. Louis and you're listening to this, or if you just like board games, um, Dan Cake, the guy who makes awesome pancake art, is also a tremendous artist and game designer and is doing his Kickstarter for his board game, Anthromancer, that's also extremely good. So you should check those two things out because I don't have I'm not cool enough to have Kickstarters that are ready to go yet. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, bad time to launch a Kickstarter. I'm not I'm not knocking anyone. I just think now's not the right time to pull that trigger. Kickstarter campaigns right now are making like sixty percent more than they normally do. Okay, so that shows what I know, which is fucking nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yes. Uh, great. Uh, let's see. Uh, follow the show at Greendale three. Uh, follow me on the things uh, at TV's Kevin Lanigan. Uh, I am still doing week daily comics called uh, Patty Plague Doc. Uh, you can find those on my Twitter, and it also now has its own Instagram at Patty Plague Doc. That was me not able to think of what the fuck I was doing. Uh, and my uh, short stories, The Cola Wars, are still coming out, and the old ones are still available. TVskevin.substack.com. Uh, boy, this has been an episode, huh? This has been, what an episode of Advanced Community boy, Studies. Boy, it's, it's, it's been a snaking and Jacob's Ladder-esque episode. The energy of this is fucking wild. Yeah, it's dude, going we're to be... uh, a month and a half into quarantine, and it's not showing at all. No, it's not showing. It's it's a little warm in here, uh, and my energy's a little weird. It's not showing at all. It's yeah, seamless. It's Can't see through it whatsoever. Uh, we will be back next week with a couple of kissy-kissy episodes of Community. Uh, but until then... We are the Greendale 3. Pop, pop. Good night, everyone. I have seen your chain, and I'm so ill. This is a warning, I can't be killed. All in your cabeza, without a chaser. Not another teacher with this much flavor. Get your hands up for Espanol. The Spanish evil genius, they're probably the meanest. Say hello to Pop, too.
Beautiful Arya. I sang Arya Stark, of course. Uh, I remember so much about Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. I can tell you all the names. I can tell you all the places, man. I know me some... Westeros. <laughs> I remembered. I figured it out. No, Westeros is that other show on uh, HBO. You're doing a Westworld joke, and you're trying to throw me off the scent, okay? And I don't appreciate it. I'm trying to prove my nerd bona fides by you having watched the first five seasons of Game of Thrones a million years ago. I appreciate you immediately calling me on that, because I was at the point where I was going to have to start Googling stuff about Westworld, because I know nothing about the show. Oh, dog, you're talking to the wrong guy. I got nothing. I know it started as cowboy robots, but now every time they air an episode of Westworld, I just see 3,000 tweets of people furious that they don't understand what's happening anymore. I see these still frames of character actor Ed Harris just looking miserable because he has to talk about our, our, is robot people, and Ed Harris doesn't know. And Ed Harris doesn't care. But Ed Harris is sort of signed up for this gig. He thought he was playing a cowboy, but he's playing a smart cowboy, and that doesn't sit well with character actor Ed Harris. We didn't do the sync count, so I was like, oh, we haven't started yet. We haven't synced yet. Oh, it was, uh, uh Kevin was getting very, uh, his, <laughs> his mannerism like, like, suddenly got much more lively as like, yeah, he was talk on about, air. Let's talk about the audience. Like, I was like, why are we, oh, wait, are we, oh, no, we're live. You've been live on Twitch this entire time. Me without my pants. It wouldn't matter. I guess there must be some Twitch streamers where it would matter if they weren't wearing pants, but I don't know who they are. A lot of dancing streams on Twitch these days. Are there really? Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I suppose Twitch is not limited to video games. It seems like it's 99% video games, but I suppose technically it's not. Well, now every uh, comedian desperate for attention is doing uh twitch based comedy shows and what's your twitch handle <laughs> um i've never used it motherfucker the, the joke was like hey, i've can't... only subscribed to you bitch <laughs> yeah maybe maybe i should be a little bit nicer and not, stop poking fun at one of my few twitch supporters <laughs> i'm right there witches yeah i watched when you were uh cold streaming you some uh some shield and sword yeah, that was a fun stream. I was I was watching that stream, and I uh, is hey Nintendo, you should give this guy some some a little a little commish because I definitely bought a Switch and Shield by watching that stream. Peer pressure, Reggie Fizeme, I need you to pay up. I don't think he's still in charge. He is not. Well, what he can't pay up. What, I mean, you think I guess, Reggie Fizeme got twenty bucks? I just don't feel like he's obligated anymore. Was he in charge when that stream took place? Does I don't think he? So. Own... I think he's been out of the game for a while. You think Reg? Okay, because oh, it's Bowser. It's Bowser now. Bowser's in charge. I'm not even making a joke. Bowser's in charge. His name's like Bill Bowser. Yeah, something. yeah. No, no. It, I, I remember that. I, I never <laughs> verified because I was afraid the truth would just hurt me. And it's ungoogleable <laughs> because if I just type in like Nintendo Bowser. <laughs> 
Well, like, well, what you do is Nintendo... His name is Reggie Doug Bowser. His name is Doug Bowser. He's an American businessman. And he serves as president of Nintendo of America, seceding Reggie fils since 2019. So, yeah, it's a Doug. Hey, Doug. <laughs> hey, you and Quail Dog fork over the money. Hey, hey don't, don't pick a fight with Bowser, okay? We, we don't got the one-ups for that. We don't have a circle of bombs around a floating platform to throw Doug Bowser into. We're doing, like, two-year-old Doug Bowser jokes on this community podcast. Ah, oh, this is a community episode! Okay, I should put my dice away then. Yeah, that's a that's a, a joke for all of you uh, Jive Action Nerds listeners. Yes, uh, with me today, at the mic, in our bodist uh, guest interview, talking about his pitch for the community movie why it's a, a streamer extraordinaire jacob kelleher thank you thank you thank you everyone uh yes i am here to pitch my million dollar idea for the community movie and of course i mean it will cost a million dollars not that it will make a million dollars right uh jacob you've been involved with uh pretty much every creative project i've uh, embarked on since we've known each other so you knew it was about you were gonna get roped into this one day oh yeah yeah like it was just a matter of time uh i managed to avoid being on one of your podcasts just through the fact that i've never seen a movie ever other than ratatouille um but because i have seen all community and you are aware of that being the one who introduced me here i am for the community episode of uh, pitching community ideas, I yeah. tripped over and, all uh, the words. And folks on this feed, you know, you've heard Jacob on uh, the the episode where we talk about community and Lost for an hour, and you will hear him on the future episode when he finishes Lost. Uh, and and I put a pot of coffee on, and we have like a three hour conversation about Lost. I'm excited. I'm always, I'm like, what bonus episodes can I give to the people, the good people who have shown up for this show? And I say, you know what they want? Like, four-hour conversations about Lost. It's going to get longer every time I mention it. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I feel like we just have to follow the same rules you have for commentating on something. It can't be longer than the thing we're commentating on. So up till 100 hours, we're okay to talk about Lost. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Jacob, I gotta tell you, I maybe could. I know that sounds like hubris. I know that sounds like I am, uh, I am, I am uh, uh, setting myself up for failure. But if there are two things I think I could literally talk about for 100 hours, it is lost in community. Well, according to Audacity, I have enough disk space to record 141 hours of content. So I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah. And then you'll have 40 to spare. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it's about time. So let's let's talk about uh, your your pitch for the community movie. Now, you and I were having a little talk before this about logistically the 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 prospects of community the community movie as a money making enterprise, which even with uh, the continued rabid fan base of community, these these uh, and I I love all of you. I am one of you. You you bug nuts, bonkers, weirdos. Even with this kind of rabid fan base, community will never be a a big money maker at the box office. It it could not be because if it's to be an enjoyable movie, 
they can't just rehash the first six seasons in the first 30 minutes. To be a consumable media, media, movie to the public, it has to do that, though. Right, and uh, so let's 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 take a little a little uh, look pedigree wise at the TV shows that have become movies. I think Teen the Titans biggest go one to the movie. Yeah, Teen Titans go to the movies, uh, which is probably the most successful. <laughs> one of these that has ever existed it it translated fairly well it did fairly well at the box office uh and i and i think it maintained the integrity and and what was good about the original show the whole way it's probably the gold standard i don't know a lot about teen titans go let's be honest here but i've seen a few episodes and i've seen clips from the movie and i said that seems like fundamentally the same thing yeah no they're able to make uh, references to the show that rewards you for watching all the shows. But based on the ridiculous nature, it does not exclude you from the show. Like, you right. do not feel bad not knowing that Robin has baby hands canonically in the Teen Titans Go TV show. But it's still a fun thing for fans of the movies. Like, wow, they kept that? Of course his hands are so tiny. Right. It's not, um, it's not you know, forcibly... Uh, with its head driven up its own ass, which, unfortunately, the community movie kind of has to be, right? Exactly. It, it kind of must be, like uh, the show from season three onwards, it sort of needs to be this Ouroboros of having its own sh head shoved up its ass. That's just integral to what the show is. Yeah. Um, and so you have, you have other, there are a few other examples. There is, of course, Serenity, which is the follow-up to Firefly. Uh, and that movie spends basically no time trying to introduce new viewers to uh, Firefly. It, it kind of, it gives you like an opening shot where we meet all of our characters. I suppose you could watch Serenity cold without having seen 14 episodes of Firefly. I don't know what you would get out of it if you did. Yeah, it, it's really one of those things where... To make a movie for a TV show, it is, it's really one of those things that it's not really a profitable endeavor. It's really only done when the TV show has made enough money and the creators get to pat themselves on the back and just do a, a victory lap around the court. A victory lap or, you know, uh, tie up some loose ends because you were popular enough to justify it. But no matter what, this has to be a low-budget endeavor. This cannot be a huge... Okay. Uh, you know, $50 million comedy. The community movie needs to cost like 10 million bucks tops uh, or in order to ever be considered profitable. And that's if it's ever released in theaters, if it's not a, a Netflix original. Really, that's it. Netflix just needs to get full rights to community and then they need to make a Netflix original to pull in subscriptions. I, yeah, I truly think that is the only recourse a, a community movie would have and then if you're a netflix original does it really matter how many people are watching not really it, yeah. you you uh you your movie cost a low enough amount of money that netflix can write it off as hey we needed something to come out this week no, no, yeah no it, it, for for a netflix original it's not about views or anything like that your advertisement for their platform you're that's all you are yeah, they just want people on their platform. If you get come on their platform for that, doesn't matter if you watch it once or a thousand times. It just matters if you watch it once or even even if you just come on the platform.
You know, all those people are going to burn their free subscriptions, and then they're going to half of them are going to forget about it, and Netflix is going to get nine dollars from each of them, and then Netflix is like, "Cool, we made our money back." And that is, you know, that is even a comparably small amount of people that at this point do not currently have Netflix uh, access to Netflix, either their own account or someone else's. That is a comparably very small window of people. And then, <clears throat> bonus-wise, Netflix will release a certain number of its originals in a physical media release, like a DVD or a Blu-ray. Um, it's not everything, because how could it? They release, like, six shows in a movie every single week. But the ones that they think they could get people to buy a nice collection of... Uh, we'll get a physical media release. And I think a community movie has a decent amount of potential there. There's enough of, like, a collector's market that, yeah, if you release a, ni a nice Blu-ray for the community movie, uh, there's a few extra bucks right there. At least from me. You've got one sale from me. <laughs> Honestly, it's one of those things that it's hard because we all love community. But now that community's on Netflix, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about how, like, like I completely wrote this show off. And it's also one of those things that Community is a show for people who likes to, like television. And with, not like, oh, I like to put on the TV and watch some Storage Wars. Community is for people that like television. That are, like, invested in television as a concept. Sadly, not just the, as uh, a thing you put on. The uphill battle that Community is facing is it has a time limit. This movie needs to come out in five years or it'll never come out. And the reason I say that is the generation change is shifting and the next generation doesn't like television. They are used to internet entertainers, Twitch streamers, YouTubers, and this whole like buying culture of like they want their media in 30 second intervals. They just want that quick shot. They're not ready to commit to a TV show. Yeah, I to a certain extent. And and yeah. I think, you know, it depends generationally. Because, like, I, I work a lot with, like, high schoolers. And high schoolers are still watching some TV shows. It's... YouTube can never fully subsume TV because YouTube and TV do very different things. And with yeah. YouTube, I'm also lumping in, you know, uh, TikTok. And you, you, you know, the, yeah, the no, larger no. oeuvre of new media. But YouTube does not do fiction extraordinarily well uh there are obviously good web series on youtube uh including but not limited to doomed to you available now on youtube.com uh but it, it it struggles when it comes to um story based uh media and and tv will still reign supreme over that uh but there are there there's there's an eyeball fight that is always happening exactly yeah, I think you're right. I think we got five years, because Community went off the air in 2015. That's the end of season six, I believe. Yeah. So we've already elapsed five years since then. And if the movie doesn't come out within 10 years, and I say this with all uh, kindness in the world, who cares at that point? At that point, you're trying to sort of do this, uh, forgive me, like puppet episode of the show you used to do. I can think of very, very few examples of media that went away for long periods of time and came back with a revival that was at all decent. And I'm in, I'm including movies. I'm including music. It's just you, you. The further you get away from it, the dimmer that fire gets. Not to and mention, you need to come back while it's lit. 
at all. Exactly. And not to mention the fact that each second this community movie doesn't happen, it's getting more and more expensive. Yeah. Pulling all these names that maybe weren't as big at the time, but now they're huge. You think you can get Allison Breathe cheaply anymore? No way. No way. And, and you know what? Every community cast member except for Donald has said, like, yeah, we're 100% down to do the movie. But these are people with their own TV shows. These are people with film careers, with massive music careers. Like, you need to put a stamp on it and say, we're filming fucking summer 2021, and everyone clear your schedules for 2021, uh, or else it's not going to happen at all. Exactly. But if it does happen, I know exactly how it should go. Yes, thank you. So now we've done all of our little preamble. I want to hear, uh, uh, and you know, we'll we'll talk little bits at a time. I'll stop you. We'll we'll discuss these things. But let's uh, hear your pitch for Community the movie. Do you have a title? Is it just Community? Um, I think it's hashtag and a movie. I agree I, with you there. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think it needs to be something very self-servicing and will only pull in the fans. That's your market. You, you, Your community movie just needs to corner, here's everyone who's watched Community. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the last frame of the show is hashtag and a movie. So call it Community, either Community and a movie or Community hashtag and a movie. Uh, and I agree with you there. But yeah, so we will open in with the Dean sending out a panicked and desperate text message to all members of the Green, the Save Greendale Community Committee, past and present. And this will be the device where we check in on all of our principal cast. We'll open in with Annie currently in a debriefing inside the FBI. Uh, they are covering, um, they are hunting down a the leader of a meth operation screen will show a little fun clip of gilbert uh pierce's brother on the board oh as a as a breaking bad wink yeah community Which, loves it a breaking bad wink. oh exactly so I'm, yeah I'm, I'm with you there okay, and then, okay. They'll, then the director will just point at annie miss edison go get coffee for the room and annie will leave to go do that and we'll have that moment of we're like oh Annie's the bottom rung here. And being disillusioned with all of that, there's her motive for coming back to Greendale to respond to the Dean's message. Sure. We then at, at a low yeah. point, she gets that text message. Exactly. Sorry, I'll stop, I'll stop interrupting no, no, you as no, frequently. No worries, I'll let you go. Because really, it really boils down to is there are two people who do not have a reason to answer the Dean's message. Okay. Annie, because she has a, something better in her life. And mm. Jeff... Because he doesn't care because he has something better in his life. Right, because uh, the Dean uh, can never be a hot woman for Jeff, uh, and so he will not respond to her text. Exactly. Uh -huh. uh, Britta will cut to her talking to uh, presumably a client, trying to walk him through things. Um, and then a bell will ring, and she is a high school guidance counselor. Okay, I like it. Abed, working on his movie filming the final scene, but he has to make one very small compromise. It's like, it's over. And he just walks away. Mm -hmm. And just I throws gotcha. away his whole movie thing. Uh, Hickey is dead, which I'm very sad about because Hickey's my favorite. 
Um, are you working in a retcon? <laughs> I'm not. You... I, 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 I am somewhat working in a slight retcon. Uh, the end of the movie tr- teaser will have Hickey uh, reveal that he faked his death, but he will not be featured in this movie. His hand sticks up out of the grave, or or you hear his little battle yeah. wagon from uh, the floor is lava, like rolling down the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Cool. Elroy has become the CEO of LinkedIn in a case of tag your it, no tags backs, and is now dealing with the failing company of LinkedIn. Cool. Uh, hold on. Can I pitch Hickey is alive? Can I pitch Go that right real ahead. fast? Pitch it. Uh, so we, it's Abed, uh, and and he's at like a newspaper stand after all this is over, and he he grabs himself. Uh, like a like a snack in a newspaper, and he opens up the newspaper to the funnies, and it is a new strip of uh, Hickey's Duck comic, and it's like by Hickey, and it's dated like the, today's date, and it, we just like pull it on Abed's face. That's my Soul. pitch. Soul, great, love it. <laughs> okay, good. We'll have Shirley, who is finishing up her arc from the. Uh bumper on the end of that episode where she is saying goodbye to the butcher uh who then stands up from the wheelchair to shake her hand and what would be a tearful moment in any other series except this one as it is over in a minute and played for less yeah oh and, man i love that we're doing deep cut like follow-ups on end tags which is in the spirit of community exactly and then we get to jeff who uh checks his messages sees the 911 from the dean immediately deletes the message and then goes back to hitting on a hot girl at the bar next to him cool can we get uh the dean just sees like a read receipt from jeff uh, uh i would say so yeah um and Scene then 7:23 p.m. Yeah. okay and then we have frankie who pulls up her message and then she just kind of looks to the dean who's in the same room as her I'm the one who told you this. <laughs> and Dean, you know, plays it up. I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I'm panicking. You're on the thread. Yeah, something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. The group minus Frankie, Jeff, and Troy all meet up at like a Chuck E. Cheese or something. Um, and the Dean, uh, t- you know, we have a quick bit where Chang shows up just saying, oh, I live here now. Um, playing into the crazy <laughs> Chang. Uh, the dean reveals that Troy has returned and used all of his money uh, from Pierce to buy Greendale and is converting it solely into an AC repair school. Uh, Abed is heartbroken that Troy has returned uh, and did not uh, let him know. Frankie shows up and tells everyone that she's the wanted to gather this meeting because she wanted to make sure no one would do anything because this is what's best for Greendale. You know, she informs that as the one aspect of Greendale that actually was professional and worked, Troy did not let her go. Uh, Jeff then <laughs> shows up angry. I just got let go. It's like, you know how many back rubs I had to give to the dean for that three years sabbatical or whatever? And just justifying Jeff still being at Greendale, even after all that time passed. And right. that's when Jeff sets up the meeting with Troy and negotiates the one thing that the community movie has to be a paintball contest to decide the fate of the school okay uh and it is who is running the paintball contest it is being uh orchestrated by greendale where they are allowing uh any greendale student 
past and present to participate. Sure, it's in the it's in the school bylaws as written by you know former Dean Borchert who lives exactly. in that weird basement. Okay, and it is going to be an homage to the Marvel movies, uh, specifically Infinity War slash Endgame. Must they collect a certain number of things? Is there? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm just I'm just curious how how fleshed out this these events are in your head. Well, I would I would want to reassure you that it's very fleshed out. That's the end of my pitch. I have nothing gotcha. else to offer. That's okay. Um, That's okay. I, I, I do say I think the way it ends is Troy, presumably the winner of the contest, having just this very like angry conversation with Pierce's hologram about like you did this, like you know, travel very emotional moment for Troy as he traveled the world looking for himself and he didn't find it. And now he's back here at Greendale, still not knowing who he is. And just this mm-hmm. emotional moment, and then he gets shot through the hologram. And there's Abed standing behind the hologram as it fades away. And uh, so so Abed is the victor in your head? I think it has to be Abed. I think in okay. a community mo- movie, the key characters, it has to be Troy and Abed. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I will not uh, repeat my pitch, um, which I'm actually about to give tomorrow. But and I'm not, and I don't want to say listen to the episode if you want to hear my pitch. But listen to the episode if you want to hear my pitch. Uh, you and I uh, have different pitches, but there's a lot of things in common in them. We have to go around to each individual study group member and reassemble them, like a brief check in with where they are. I have tried to think of a community movie that is not paintball and I can't it kind of has to be to some extent or another more paintball um now when you say it's an hom- uh, homage to infinity war and endgame um do you are we like in factions is there like a Thanos and his Black Order that we are taking out? I definitely picture it being factions, more so for the characters who will be playing on the pro-Greendale role, just because if you're bringing everyone back, really got to sparse out your cast. Yeah, you can't. You got to separate the the what is it at this point? Well, taking out the two that have died, you're still looking at like the Greendale ten. Uh, and and that's a lot of characters to try and cram in, like, one scene. So if you want to break them up into, like, threes. Not to mention fan favorites like Fat Neil, Starburns, Magnitude. Who, like, you gotta have in there to some capacity. Either you give them, like, one really cool scene, or, like, I don't know, fuck it. Duncan is with us the entire time. You know, uh, give us those those... Uh, fan favorite characters in some large capacity or another. And it's uh, going to be one of those things where I do picture it more so mirroring a lot more uh, Infinity War over Endgame where uh-huh. you'll have the group that's just doing battle with uh, Troy's army. You'll have the uh, other you'll have Frankie as like playing uh, the creepy alien dude that was Thanos's right hand. Oh, uh, hell yeah. You'll have Shirley Chang, and let's throw in uh, let let's let's throw in Duncan just to see what happens. 
and oh. they're they're doing the construction of like chains like paint ultimate paintball super weapon <laughs> yeah okay they're building the uh i know this is not a great reference for you but that like the entirety of mass effect 3 you are constructing this like this is the only super weapon that can save us um yeah i get what i get what you're getting at it's the ancient schematics that they unearth for the ancient uh weapon but it's like troy drew it in his notebook or something like yeah that. or may maybe like it's you know it's the true dean who i always forget his name like dean original he's he's an inventor he made it or maybe elroy made it elroy is an inventor by trade ceo so there are options here but you yeah. you have a um a, a, a basic outline um, I also have Troy as, like, an oppositional figure in my pitch, uh, because it makes sense. And then you also get this meta-commentary on Donald Glover's relationship to community, you know. Uh, 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 yeah, that's interesting that we, uh, though we came up with these pitches separately, that there are so many common elements. And I'm curious if my co-host has uh, some of those same common elements. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the inciting incident for the community movie has to be Troy's return. There's it, no other hanging sword of Damocles set to kick a mo Vince in motion. Do you think they c that a community movie can work without Troy? Is there some alternate version of community, the movie, that works if Donald Glover does not agree to show up for a few scenes? I think there can be a community movie without Donald Glover. I think if you're missing him and Troy, you got to cut out a lot more people than that. I, I think if there is to be a community movie without him, it needs to just be, it needs to be basically more so a community spinoff. It, it can't be a movie about the show community. It has to be a movie about one of the characters in community. That's interesting. Because um, you're... Whether or not the movie even references Troy, say Donald Glover does not agree to come back, if the movie references everyone but, it's this weird spectral idea that still hangs over Community the movie. And it's, it's sort of unavoidable. The other option is, if you don't have Donald Glover, Community movie, same pitch. Troy died going around the world. Oh my god. And oh, now, Pierce's fortune is up for grabs. And his will dictates X thing must be completed in order to get his fortune. Yeah. And now you've made it um, whatever challenge or MacGuffin you want to do. It's going to be paintball. But if you, you have must another must spend the pitch, night at Greendale. You must survive the night. And my fortune will be divided amongst yeah. all the survivors. You know, and then that is, you know, that's the movie there. And it's a whole lot different kind of take because now with Troy being dead, you're not getting you're not getting a lot of the characters at their usual. Abed is heartbroken. Everyone else is kind of dealing with that, too. But really, that's the only way I like that those are the only two options I see for a Troyless community movie. Okay. Um I I uh I appreciate your per perspective on that. I I agree that I think it can be done. I don't think we necessarily need to kill 
Troy, but the pitch changes drastically if Donald Glover is not involved. Like, it really needs to be a much smaller story about uh, whatever members of the study group and the Dean and Chang actually do come back. Um, it, it can no longer be this sprawling, you know, last episode of Scrubs, let's get everyone who's ever been on the show back. It suddenly needs to become a very intimate, small story. Exactly. While still being some insane community concept. No, wait, wait, wait. Kevin, I have the perfect pitch for the community movie. Better than okay. all others we've said thus far. Okay. You make Coogler the movie. Oh, man. You turn that trailer into a full-length movie, and all of our cast members are, like, background characters. Exactly. Like, one team characters in the Coogler movie. Exactly. I like it. Personally. All right. Uh, uh, thank you for your, your pitch. Uh, I think you've got some stuff that's right on the money. Uh, do you want to tell the good people uh, what you're up to? and where they can find you. Well, the good people can find me on Twitter at Kelly Harold, K-E-L-L-E-H-E-R-A-L-D. I'm, I always worry I misspell my own name. There's so many E's and L's. It's a K mess in there. E. You can also find me on twitch.tv, Kelly Harold, same spelling. Uh, I stream, I'm streaming a lot more regularly now. Uh, I stream every Sunday, uh, doing sailing Sundays with a couple of my friends. And uh, other streams kind of just speckled throughout the week whenever I have the uh, time and energy for it. I, uh, I love it. Uh, and uh, I, I uh, enjoyed having you on. Uh, let me know if there is some season two episode uh, you would uh, like to discuss. Will do. Uh, I don't remember any of the episodes. I binged Community recently and I don't remember their numbers. It all just oh. it's all a blur at a certain point. Yeah, that's my problem with binging, is that eventually it's like, oh, I went to Golden Corral and I just upturned the table onto my plate and whatever was on there is what I ate. Exactly. Like, I've eaten many forks from Golden Corral under that principle. <laughs> I inhaled too quick. I don't know what to do. I ate a plate, Yeah, uh, but it was it was on my plate. They were impressed, but they were very clear. Do not come back. <laughs> you are not allowed here. Uh, good job. Uh, but please, uh, you are the enemy of Golden Corral. You're a loose steer, and we will not allow you back on the ranch. This has been a Talkback Podcast. That was quite a show.